0: Welcome to #Hashtag with Navguzi Chwanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself, even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I'm your host, Navguzi Chwanuka, and I cannot wait to engage with you in the various conversations so a quick note before we start today's episode covers the sensitive topic of suicide so if you or someone you know is in crisis please seek professional help my aim on this podcast and every other professional and the people that share their stories is to provide information that fosters understanding but it's not a replacement for professional advice. So listener discretion is advised. Now to give you the highlight of what we're going to be talking about in this specific episode, we're going to have key facts about suicide, common risk factors, warning signs, we are going to debunk the myths, the myths, me yes mix, and also answer some questions that were sent my way when i shared my story on sunday and monday so with that said allow me to start with the available facts on suicide as shared by the world health organization so we start with the statistics uh (laughs) The thing that I really, 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 really find funny is that it is 2023, but for some unknown reason we are still referring to the 2019 statistics that show that on a global scale, more than 700,000 people take their own lives, and that for every suicide, there are many people attempting suicide. So if you have 700,000 it means... The people that are struggling are in millions. People that are struggling with suicidal ideations or attempts are in millions. That's me adding it. They They didn't give that statistics, but I'm just assuming that if they are more than those that succumb to suicide, then... So further into the statistics, the World Health Organization goes ahead to highlight the fact that suicide is a serious public health problem, and that 77% of global suicides occur in low-income countries, yeah? So I don't know where you're listening in from, but where I'm coming from, we really do identify as A low income country. We've not yet reached we've not yet hit the middle income status. So going to the rankings, suicide is found to be the fourth leading cause of death among us 15 to 29 year olds. Seeing this reminds me of a classmate in my senior two and if you started schooling at the age of six and did not repeat any class it means that in senior two you're about 14. you're actually 14 not about and this classmate in our senior two she tried to take her own life in the dormitory and if i tell you that any of the adults in school called us to have any formal conversation around suicide I would be telling lies. Life moved on like nothing had happened and I think she didn't return to the school but rumour had it that she struggled with the aftermath of being raped by her older sister's boyfriend. I really hope she, I don't know if she's alive, but I hope she managed to find help and the right support to help her with her emotional struggles. And to highlight the common risk factors, of course I'm not going to cover everything because there's so much information that is available that I would love for you to also educate yourself on. So I only got five common risk factors that I'm going to be talking about. And so one of the risk factors is health conditions. And that is both chronic mental and physical illnesses. Anyone struggling with a mental illness or a chronic physical illness, there's a very high chance that they are at risk. A prior suicide attempt also raises the risk of future attempts. Family history of suicide or mental illness is also another factor to look at. The easy access to lethal methods is one of the hard to deal with risks and it's the main reason men succumb to suicide than women because the guys usually take the lethal ways of ending their lives so easy access to these methods is one of the common risk factors that we have to keep fighting all the time and then lastly the abuse of alcohol and drugs can elevate impulsivity that can also culminate into suicide and when we jump to the common signs I'm also tackling few of them. And the very first one that I would love for us to think about is someone talking about suicide. And this can be directly or indirectly. Now, now for us who are always inattentive when you're talking with people, we are talking to people and looking at our phones, I believe it's going to be very hard going forward for us to read in between the lines because our communication skills and personal relationships have dwindled because of you know technology it's very important for you to cultivate a better relational skills with people because it will be easier i would say it'll be easier for you to catch up on this specific sign someone can talk about it indirectly and you will not be able to know what they're trying to you know say you won't know the background the backdrop of what they're trying to communicate then sudden and severe mood changes especially hopelessness is also another sign social isolation and distancing from loved ones is another thing to look into loss of interest in once loved activities or personal hygiene or even giving up on the values that someone once cared for deeply i've been here I've really been here <laughs> and sometimes when I feel really really overwhelmed I find myself caring less about you know the things that I feel like it should be like this it should be like that I'm like no man I'm tired and then the very last sign that we have to look at is preparation there are some people that start giving away their belongings or start making their burial arrangements there are so many more signs and risk factors that i would love for you to educate yourself about because there's no more meaningful education that's what i believe there's no more meaningful education than the one that is self-sought Building your knowledge on the subject will help you with the tools of how best you can care for yourself and a loved one when need arises. On top of it all, please remember to seek help, either for yourself or others if any of the warning signs are observed. I also feel like it is very important for me to highlight the fact that not every person wearing the robe of a mental health professional, is a professional. It is possible for you to find one who will sink you deeper into the dark. I've experienced that, so I know. Trust me when I tell you that I know. So in case you feel like you're unsafe around a professional, and now this may also be hard because therapy can really be nasty. Trust me, it's not a smooth path. It can be nasty, but you c- oh, I can't say you can always tell. In my experience, I can tell. So if you feel like your therapist is sinking you deeper, please jump ship and find the person, the right person that's gonna help you. So let's jump to debunking the misconceptions i feel like this is my favorite part people who talk about suicide are just seeking attention false the truth is that many people who express thoughts of suicide are genuinely struggling and are in need of help so it's important to take such statements seriously i don't know should i call this a disclaimer I really hate the people who play around with suicide to chess clout some time back, i don't know if it was last year or 2021 i don't remember very well i had to call out a celebrity who used suicide to promote his song and even as i speak into this microphone i feel disgusted by that act he went on to put up a post about how he's gonna kill himself And when when I looked at the comment section, they were like, yeah, if if you want to die, go ahead and do it, you know? And I felt like this is very insensitive. And when days went by, I realized he was promoting a song and I was like, this is crazy. Because what people do in that, when someone gets to a moment where they really, really need the help, we're going to imagine that they're just chasing cloud and they're not going to be able to find the help that they need. We need to be extremely mindful and even for, I made some tweets and I would love for you to support me on that. You you can check out, are they still called tweets or are they exes? <laughs> I don't know. We had a restaurant, We there is a restaurant that has been you know, supported by a radio here in Uganda and they've been promoting suicide wings. We can't be throwing around the word suicide just because we want to market something. People who are really struggling can't find help if we do this. We deny them a chance to find help. We can't keep doing that. Okay, let's go on. Myth number two only those with mental illnesses are at risk. Mm. So, while mental health conditions increase the risk of suicide, anyone can experience suicidal thoughts or feelings during difficult times in their life. I'm sure you've heard of stories of people who have attempted or succumbed to suicide when they lost bets. You know, there is a specific story or stories of students that I had would carry their tuition to casinos and they bet all the tuition. And they realize, the moment they come out of it, they're like, I've lost all the money, I don't have tuition. And they take another road. And in this, you know, This specific debunking, I truly like the comment that Simeon Dumle made on one of the Facebook posts I made. He was like... I'm gonna read it in verbatim. I salute your doggedness. There is a tendency for everyone to ideate suicide. We live in a world where everyone is constantly under pressure. However, the reaction to these pressures is what baths progress, stagnation, or an abrupt end to life. Thank you for being strong. I applaud you to continue inspiring others to stay alive. Miracles happen. Thank you so much doomlay and i hope that doomless message resonates with you so jumping to misconception or myth number three suicide happens suddenly mm, no it does not in many cases there are warning signs and indicators that a person is at risk Of suicide in other cases the lack of conflict management skills can make someone choose suicide you see that specific example I gave you about kids that take their tuition to casinos that can happen suddenly they can come into realization of oh my god I have made a mistake and they don't know how to face their parents or their caregivers like I can't turn back. There's no way how I'm going to say this. They just choose to end their lives. And uh, misconception number four. Suicidal people are always easy to identify. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> nah, No. <Nah. laughs> Oh my God, I'm actually laughing at this because when I was struggling with societal ideations, no single person I related or talked to every day had an idea. Some people who are at risk of suicide may hide their feelings very, very well. Very, very well. Very. I don't even know how to explain it, but (laughs) these people some of these people are highly skilled at masking their true emotions so it's not always obvious and it's very important to reach out and offer support to those that you've noticed that are struggling or even just choose just check on your people have honest conversations these hey how are you be honest with your how are you get to the core be honest with your concern of, how are you doing? Are you really, really sure you're okay? Without going with these, you know, rehearsed or chorus answers that we have mastered from nursery school. How are you? I'm fine. Are you really, really fine? And only be ready to have that conversation if you're not going to go around saying things like, yeah, we are all struggling. No, this person is not having or sharing their emotions or struggles for you to dismiss them. If you do not have the right tools, I guess, just listen, just listen. Because you might say something that will push someone over the cliff. Just, just listen quietly. You may not relate. You may be having troubles that you imagine are bigger than theirs. Just listen. So jumping to misconception number five. Once someone decides to die by suicide, there is no changing their mind. Uh, No. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Many people who have survived suicide attempts regret having tried it and in many cases when there is intervention and the right support it can really make a big difference plus my friend where do you come up with these things look at me well hear me you can see me so listen to me had this been true you wouldn't have been able to hear my beautiful voice <laughs> yes I said it you wouldn't have been able to hear my beautiful voice if this were true you wouldn't have been able to hear my voice so misconception number six asking someone about suicide will give them the idea No. no 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 talking openly about suicide can actually provide opportunity for someone to express their feelings and seek help misconception number seven suicide only affects certain demographics wrong very very wrong because suicide can affect people of all ages genders or even different racial backgrounds you remember the ranking that I talked about earlier that that was associated with the 15 to 29 the 15 to 29 year olds well That's not the only group that is affected. There are many more people grappling with suicide or suicidal ideations, yet they are outside of that age group. So misconception number eight. Suicide is a selfish act. (laughs) No, it's not, it's not selfish. Because uh, people who are suicidal often feel like they are overwhelmed by their pain and they may believe that ending their life is the only way to escape it. Actually, many of them feel like there are a possible burden to the ones they love so they choose to live paradoxically to make sure that the people who love them aren't burdened. I really want that to sink in because this is a very common misconception. You see many comments of this kind. It's important for us to have a clear understanding on that part. And then jumping to the very last misconception, and this one struck me the most when someone said that those who die by suicide do not have any purpose in life. And I'm sorry for using this example, but look at the Let Twitch Boss. May his soul rest in peace. Did he at any one point look like someone without a direction in life? Could he have ever looked like that in your eyes when you saw him having all these shows and running around on TVs and, you know, giving us the great mixes and, you know, interactions on the shows? or even interviews, I, don't, I didn't watch many of his interviews. Could he have looked like he lacks direction in life? I bet not. And still about Twitch, I saw a pastor that I've known from the time I was a child, asking why he made a post on Facebook asking why Twitch killed himself, yet he had everything. And, Suicide is more than the physical possessions we have in life, there, there's more to life than what the ice is. I guess I should have answered that, there's more to life than what the ice is. You can't say, oh that person had a mansion, why did they choose to die, yet me who is living in a hut, I am not considering suicide friend it's not about physical possessions we live in two worlds there is an emotional world and the physical world and when there is turbulence in either of them the other is affected so it's possible for someone in the mansion to feel like life isn't life and then someone in Islam slum is just having a full-on blast so it's not about physical possessions I'm very certain there are other misconceptions that should be looked into, and like I mentioned earlier, please take time. Take time. The days that you spend scrolling through social media, you can take five minutes to educate yourself about mental health or suicide itself for this Suicide Prevention Month. This way it's going to be easier for us to break free from the shackles of stigma now i wanted to talk about my personal story but i feel like i have shared it over and over again but if you're new here and you do not follow me or the podcast pages on social media or you have not subscribed to the Nabo network newsletter on linkedin now is the time to do so I reshared my story a few days ago and I got some questions coming into my inboxes. So please allow me to answer them from here because both the questions and answers will serve us all i don't want to do this privately or share screenshots because for those that not follow me or the podcast on social media they might just miss out on some of the important information and i'm gonna answer all okay not all of them i just chose were they five questions and i'll be answering them from both a personal experience and the professional guidance that i've learned from uh, the psychologists that i've hosted on the podcast and for those that i cannot answer i am not going to answer them perhaps we'll have a follow-up episode in which our mental health professional or psychologist or psychiatrist will be answering this question so question number one how would you recommend approaching a friend who i suspect might be struggling with suicidal thoughts what worked for you hmm what worked for me (laughs) well i did not show any signs that my friends picked up on but i'll say that when i went to be with them because it was during the examination period and we had to revise and discuss, they were there. When I needed them, they were there. I also ended up getting an asthmatic attack due to a lot of stress. So I ended up sleeping a lot on my friend's bed. And the main reason I chose life though was my mom. I really found it hard or impossible for me to interrupt the kind of relationship I have with her. She's done everything to keep me safe and it really broke my heart to imagine that she might think that she didn't do enough. So what you can do for your friend in case you see any of the signs, I would recommend that you provide a soft landing for that friend. Be as kind as you can be. If it weren't for my mother's or my friend's kindness towards me, I wouldn't be here. Be the reason that someone finds value in choosing life. I won't tell you that it's a guarantee that you will save them, but just do the best that you can. Question number two, best on your personal experience what are some signs or red flags that you noticed in yourself when it came to suicidal thoughts or depression based on your personal experience which were so oh oh i can't i can't really really tell that i saw signs because i didn't have much knowledge on mental health i just hated waking up I hated waking up. I was in so much pain that every time my eyes opened, I asked myself what it was that I had not done. And I had no answer. I was in so much pain. I always cried myself to sleep and woke up with what seemed to be intensified pain. I really hated waking up. But I also noticed that, I also noticed that I copped better when I went to my friends. I started leaving my hostel room more. There was more sanity outside my room because with them, at least i managed to forge a smile. Yeah. So if you ask me for signs at that time, I didn't know anything. (sighs) Question number three Can you share your journey of distinguishing between regular feeling down and clinical depression, which can sometimes lead to suicidal thoughts? Hmm. so when you asked me about clinical depression i had never been diagnosed so (laughs) i don't know if you're actually diagnosing me or not but i'll answer this from experience and what i've also learned from the professions that i've been on the podcast so i know that feeling down is normal because experiencing negative emotions is part of life i mean when you look at the emotional will you see that they are both positive and negative emotions i mean most of the times the things that we want don't go as we wish or expect them to be but one of the psychologists i've hosted on the podcast mentioned that if someone carries with themselves sadness for did she say two weeks or more than two weeks it is wise for them to start seeking help Question number four. Do you think there are cultural and societal factors that contribute to the stigma surrounding mental health and suicide? And what steps can we take to break down these barriers? (laughs) Man, where do I start with this? Of course, there are cultural and societal factors but that's a whole episode. But to break it down a bit, when we go from the idea that Africans are strong and then we jump to witchcraft and then we jump to men don't cry and then as a wife, such things are normal, you know. There are a lot of undertones that keep us in the dark and deny us a space to be seen and heard. The one thing I can ask of us is to acknowledge The fact that all human beings have emotional walls to explore, protect, and nourish. If we are able to extend empathy to others, we shall be on the right track to breaking such barriers. And then, is this the last, yes. And then going to the last question, what kind of support did you find helpful when you were seeking professional help for suicidal thoughts? Hmm. Okay, so in the two instances of my struggle with suicidal ideations, I had no idea of such help. But on the third, I was well equipped with the right coping mechanisms. Okay, at that time, I think I didn't know much of them, but I had an idea and I had also met some psychologist friends. I'll be very honest that that third time of me struggling with the suicidal ideations was the first time I cried in front of someone. I started from the genesis of my troubles. And this lady was just urging me to go on and on and on and on. I was hard. I felt seen and I can assure you that that's the most important thing that someone needs. It's the most important thing that you can give. If you cannot give it, please help them find help. Most of the work that I did or the work that laid a foundation to my healing were stories and speaking engagements that I found off the internet. I mean, I didn't know anything. And I just landed on them and I felt like, wait, this seems to do something in me. So I chose, you know, if you want to read the whole story or to understand what I really chose, check out those social media posts that I made. But it's easier to keep track of these stories via the NABUN Network newsletter on LinkedIn. Make sure that you subscribe. It's easier to f- track all of those newsletters that I've been able to publish. But yes, it was off the internet that I led my foundation to healing. And in case you're wondering why I chose this direction of podcasting, I'm seeing myself as someone who is paying it forward. There is always someone who gets life out of the content that I share. That is if that person is not you. (laughs) Now, if you have stayed with me to the very end, it means that you wish to have more content like this. So you're going to do me a favor before you go, hit that subscribe button in your podcast platform of choice so that you do not miss any of the previous and upcoming episodes also share your insights about what connected with you on social media and be sure to tag us we are at hash time with on facebook and instagram and on x we are at htnk podcast remember if you or someone you know is struggling reach out for help There is already support available. I don't know which country you're listening in from. Do not wait to be in a crisis because you might not make the right choices about the people that you need to help. It's as simple as running the word mental health or even suicide in whatever platform you're using. It could be Twitter, it could be Instagram, it could be... Um, Facebook, whatever social platform that you're using, there are resources being shared. You need to be sure that people, that the people that you want to rely on are indeed reliable. So let's work together to reduce stigma, foster empathy, and create a more compassionate world. Namaste.